In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, we thank you for another great day in your presence. Thank you for your goodness in our lives. We worship and adore you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Today we have come to your presence. We receive from you understanding. Amen. We receive from you insight. Amen. We receive from you clarity. Amen. We receive from you direction. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And therefore, we are going to declare as follows. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said that will be your portion today in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord will give you direction. Amen. He will give you clarity. Amen. Whatever be, you know, each time in life there is something we need to know to move to another level. That thing God will reveal your own to you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, can you greet somebody on your left, on your right? Tell the person, God bless you. You are welcome to wisdom. You are wise with the wisdom of heaven. So increase is your portion. Prophesy to somebody, open doors for you. Prophesy to somebody now. What is the hurry? Stand, remain standing. What are you the hurry to stay there? I'm going to sit for the next two hours. I will stand for the next one and a half, two hours. I better greet somebody first. Ah, what's all this rush, rush to sit down? Uh-huh. Tell somebody, favor, favor. Favor will come to you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, the Lord is good. Now we can sit down. All right, let's open our Bibles today to start to the book of um, Psalm 37. Psalms chapter 37. We'll read from verse um, 3, just to save time. Say, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. What will he do? He will bring forth your righteousness as a light and your judgment as a noonday. That is, he will show that what you did was right. Now verse 7 says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. We establish that God needs that. Patience is a sign of faith. And God is asking people in this generation, as in every generation past actually, to trust him the way Abraham did. Say, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Somebody else will not wait and you will, it will, he will appear to be prospering. He will appear to be moving forward. He said, don't worry yourself because of such people. He said, do not fret because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. For evil doers will be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Yet a little while, and the wicked man will be no more. And you will look carefully for his place, and he will not be there. But the humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. 
I want to stop reading there. Now, I want to just take this text today to continue what we have been looking at on the fact that God is our lifter. Please, as is my habit, I try to remind us of a few things we said the previous time so that we can connect easily and continue in the same train of thoughts. Now, we have been establishing again and again that life is not an accident, that God is the one that appoints rulers, God is the one that promotes people. Elsewhere, David said to us, not from the east, nor the west comes exaltation. He said, not from the south also. But God is judge. He brings down one and lifts up another. The principle is that if anybody is lifted, it is God that decided that. It doesn't mean all of us agree or we like it, which is what the problem often is. We assume that since we don't like it, it cannot be God. Are you getting my point? Like last election, I saw that a lot in Nigeria. The man who won the election, who's our current head of state, many Christians did not like him. They said he was an Islamic or he's an Islamic fundamentalist. They had many things to say about him, some of them truthfully, some of them wrongly. All of them assumption. I mean, you can assume rightly. Are you getting my point? <laughs> you get my point. Almost all of them assumptions. Deductions from false or faulty or half information. So when he won the election, I heard all kinds of things. You see, that's amongst Christians now. Pentecostal Christians. It's human beings that elect who they want. If all of you went to the polls and you voted for this man, and they said all kinds of things, that it's not the will of God. God did not appoint him. We appointed him. And we will suffer what we chose. Now, can I just, let me just summarize it. It's pure rubbish. Let me not waste my time saying more than that. It's pure rubbish. The fact is that he was appointed by God. It doesn't mean you like it. It doesn't mean you think so. I'm giving you the fact. One of the worst kings Israel ever saw, his name was Saul. Yet, we know God specifically appointed him. Even though God was not happy with the choice, but it was his choice. Now, I'm going to leave it there. I gave the example, and it's a matter of fact. I know it's an extreme, but I like to say so people will know. Even Hitler could not have been raised up, except God gave a decree to raise him up. The man who persecuted the people of God, God said, for this cause, I raised you up. It was God that appointed that Pharaoh. He was not an accident. I hope you're getting my point here. That's how it is with kings. Whether you like it or not, that is a fact, except you don't believe the Bible. Sometimes the truth of the Bible is not comfortable. He said, truth is bitter. It's not today. Truth is bitter, we know. And many times we reject it because we don't like it. And let me say to you again, the next election in Nigeria, God has already decided who will rule. I always like to add this to it. I am not saying don't go and vote. I'm just saying that your vote will only execute the will of God. Your vote will only demonstrate God's choice. That's why he is God. That is why he is God. That's why they say one with God is majority. That's why he is God. He knows what he is doing. Accept it. That is what faith is. But let's not sit on that one. In your life also, listen, I said it last time, please make up your mind how you want to live your life. This is what God has set as the order for believers. He promotes you at the right time. Listen, faith dictates that you react to things like this. If you're in the office, they do appraisals, and you fail the appraisal. Don't open your mouth ever and whine to anybody that you see my boss does not like me. I always knew. 
He is dying here. He's but you know, he's from Udi, and I'm from Agbani. You know, you know, ignorant and tormented people in their souls. Ex- explanation for everything. You have an explanation. Ever since I came here, he didn't like me. I wore a red tie, and the man hates communists. So for that reason, I have been failing. Now, does, do things like that happen? Paradventure they do, and actually they do. But you are a believer in Christ Jesus. Your case is different. I wanted to say that my case is different. My case is different. Mrs. Potiphar was a bad woman. I hope you understand that. Any woman who will stay in her own house, behind the houseboy, has a mental problem. From what I heard, uh, somebody described that Josephus wrote a story about it, that she used to gather her friends and they would sit down and be staring at Joseph. I mean, is it the boy's fault that he's fine? Is it the finest boy that ever existed? No. Mrs. Potiphar and her clique of society women, they had a problem. I hope you're getting my point. They did. And then she approached Joseph the way you read the story. We all know the story. And things went the way they did. And then when things scattered, she had to find somebody to blame. She threw the blame on Joseph. And Joseph landed where? In prison. Was I a good woman or a bad woman? No, please answer me. Was I the messenger of God or not the messenger of God? Thank you. She was the messenger of God. She's not the reason Joseph went to prison. She was the instrument of imprisonization. You like my coined English there? <laughs> she was the instrument that sent the man to prison. But it was the purpose of God that he would go to that prison. When the Bible was going to tell us about it, he said God sent a man ahead of them. But how did the man go? Did they come to the man and say, Thus says the Lord, thou art the servant of God, anointed before the foundation of this earth. Thou shalt proceed as it were by the power of the Spirit, and shall go ahead of the people of Israel into Egypt, because thus says the Lord, I have a plan. Nothing like that. A boy went to run an errand. His jealous, bad brothers plotted against him and intended to kill him, but one of them delivered him, intended to fully deliver him, but while he was gone, they sold him into slavery. How did he get into Egypt? The plot of wicked brothers. That was how he got into Egypt. Next question. Was it the plan of God for him to go to Egypt? Yes. And he understood it. Somebody say it again. My case is different. My case is different. So no matter who be the boss that refused to give the proper appraisal, he's just one of the brothers of Joseph. He's doing his work in your life. Because your case is different. Listen, life has different realms. Decide the realm you want to walk in. I have, I, I have made up my mind. I am walking in the realm of the spirit. I'm, I've made up my mind. I'm walking in the realm in which I read everything. From the spiritual angle. That's why anytime you hear me talk, all right, I, you hear me say things like, let's talk on the natural plane just for the sake of argument. Because even when I'm talking, I'm feeling that what I'm saying is a lie. What I'm trying to say is that if I want to argue on the natural plane with you, I have to tell you, let's just talk on the natural plane so we can talk. But I don't even believe this, that this talk is going anywhere. Because I know no matter how much we analyze, like the other day we were in our house, me, Bishop, and Apostle Patrick, we're analyzing. My wife was there too. And who was, okay, Bishop's wife. We're talking about Felladro to you. I've already did this. I think we did this one. All that talk. I know the angels are just sitting there and looking at us. 
Say, boys, oh boys, we have appointed the next head of state. So like I was saying, we may speak and speak, all the speaking we want to speak. It's God that appointed, you know, that appoints, and he has appointed. So I've made up my mind to live life from that angle. I hope you're getting my point here. I've made up my mind so that when people have come to me before, and, you know, and they've tried to play the tribalism card, I, don't, I can't listen to it. They say, you know, you didn't get this because you're not from here. If you were from here now, they wouldn't do this unto you. I say, who won't die? You know what they call who won't die? You know what that means in English? Who wants to die? <laughs> Only the person that wants to die fights the purpose of God. I hope you're getting my point. I am so sure of that, that, listen, nobody, no matter the number of heads you have, if God says, I'm going this way, and you say, you are not passing. Why? Because I don't like Banky. And even though you want to bless me, I, mortal man, whose breath is in my nostrils, I am going to block your way. You know, I keep on telling people, God kills people. He injures people. There are things, he le- when he wants to protect me and defend me, he doesn't leave that job to the devil. He does it by himself. One of my favorite scriptures is, Guard thy sword upon thy thigh, O most mighty, and ride on prosperously and in majesty because of truth, and let thy right hand do awesome things. If Jesus brings us a sword, even the devil hides. You know the devil can panic. The Bible says that he's in a hurry because he knows what? His time is short. Even when he knows he's in trouble. So that is why if I'm supposed to get something and I, I thought I was supposed to get something. I thought so. And I don't get it. There is no story you want to tell me. And I will join you to blame somebody. It doesn't mean I will not identify that these my brothers are wicked people. My name is Joseph. Joseph too acknowledged it. He said, you meant it for evil. He knew they were evil people. He was not saying that, you know, praise God. You know, we are my brothers. You know, what you did was because the, the devil came upon you. He, know, he said, no, I know you meant it. You plotted it for evil. But my life is not in your hands. God meant it for good. And listen, if you don't speak according to these words, you have no faith. You are wasting your time praying. Without faith, your prayer is wasteful. It's a waste of time. You have to reason like this. Listen, I'm not saying human beings are not wicked. I'm just saying that I (laughs) I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus above their wickedness. That's what I'm saying. So if he seems to touch me, it was an express command from God. Let that touch Banky. And like I said the other time I was preaching, I said to the Lord, really, in prayer, I said, God, you, anything, I don't care anything that happens to me. Just as long as I can have one confidence that it's your express decree. Give me that understanding. That was why they were beating Jesus. The most powerful man in that district was standing in front of him. And that was said, do you not have the power to release you? Do you not have the power to crucify you, I can just imagine Jesus in himself laughing. You know, just that like you have to be decent. If it was people like me that <laughs> Pilate told that, I will bend over with laughter. Pilate, what are you saying? You have the power to do what? Trust, maintain yourself. Relax. Condemn me, let me go. I know where I'm going. Before you were born, this cross was built. The whole of the Roman Empire overtook Judah 
specifically to come to this point. That is the reason why we came to this point. You don't want to scare me. That Jesus knew that there was no chance in 100 million that Pilate would release him. You know that. How did he know that? They were in the garden just now. You've forgotten. He knew he was going to the cross. He told the boys, oh yeah, let's go. He knew, even though Pilate was there gloating, he was there shouting. Then Jesus said, listen, my guy, you don't have the power in yourself. But it has been given to you to execute the will of God at this particular point in time. That's what I call spiritual reasoning. Do I need to tell you most people reason very physically and materially all the time? That's why they can't activate the power of God in their lives. I know where I will have been now. Ah, that man did me bad. He did me bad. He did me bad. I served him faithfully for six years. Just for him to give me recommendation, he refused. It was just meant to say to me that last moment, the man said he was broke. Wicked people. Were it not for now? Were it not for him? I knew, I knew where I would be now. When you're talking like that, you don't have faith. And God is angry with you. You did not know. That's why he came today. So I was supposed to tell you. He said, my glory, I will share with nobody else. You are taking God's glory and giving to a human being. Many of us think God's glory is just when he does good. Praise God. I all had you know, praise the Lord. I just won 25 million there. That's the glory of God. I won't share with anybody else. The people that help me are not the ones. It's God. Listen, we have taken God's glory and given to the devil. If a door closes against us, you say it is Satan. You try to do something that doesn't work, you say it is the devil. Let me tell you again today. Say it again. My case is different. My case is different. That statement is important. It means the devil cannot keep you where God did not say you should stay. Believers, let's bear these things in mind. Let's reason like that. Let's think like that. There's no foreign God with you. Now, I said all I said to let you know that it doesn't mean things will always go the way you think well. You you don't only give God glory when things go well. Listen, people of God, we have given the devil too much recognition. He doesn't have the power in himself to make you fail. He doesn't have power in himself to disappoint you. It's only when God says, all right, let my daughter be disappointed, that he now goes at the raised shoulder. You understand? You see, you catch a glimpse of him taking something that belongs to you. And I say, this devil, relax. Leave him. Turn to your God and Father. That means that if you want to be promoted, therefore, Please don't waste this energy put waste on the devil. They've gathered, no, this is December period now, we'll be gathering everywhere. You know, we like to gather. We like to gather. The garden will have been good, except that when we see what we'll gather about, this new year coming, the devil will not take it from you. Which is a good statement, except that people are saying they don't realize that they can give it to the devil. They don't realize that they can, by, own their, by, by their own works, donate everything to the devil. Let's remember, my case is different. Say it again. My case is different. Please bear it in mind. So God is the one lifting you up. I want all of that and to say that if somebody denies you promotion, don't worry about it. He's not the promoter. He's not. He is not at all. Talk like we are saying. Speak according to this word. He said if you don't speak according to this word, it's because you don't have any light. Light has not dawned upon you. Don't call it conspiracy what others call a conspiracy. Neither fear ye their fears. Don't fear human beings. Respect people, but don't fear. You know what I mean by fear now? Huh? 
If we offend this man now, we will never make progress. Never. Don't even think about it. But respect people because, I mean, if you're in an office, you should respect your boss. Are you getting my point? Yes, you should. Give him that kind of reverence. That's all. There are people who are... <laughs> The people have saved and saved and saved, saved the particular man, believing that this man will help me get promoted. A week to promotion, they transferred the man. A fellow that did not know Joseph was placed on the seat. This one now decided, okay, everybody, settle down. Next week is promotion, I've not worked with you people, so I'm sorry I have to do an assessment based on interview. So those who are not serving, doing eye service, are you getting my point? Who are diligent in learning and doing their work, the man listened to them. And scored them. You that instead of you to do what you're supposed to do, you were shining shoes. You were disobeying the counsel of God for the favor of man. Now the man has gone. There was one pastor those days in Lagos. Young man was a church worker. I don't know whether I was a pastor. There's one big redeemed parish. He was walking there. He testified himself. I didn't hear it directly. I heard it from one of his friends. That he had labored, worked hard. That very soon he'll be sitting next to then to Niraku. Those powerful men. Shortly before that time, they came and scattered the church. That is like they broke the church to pieces and fragmented it, and they became many new parishes. And he started crying. Because they took him from the headquarter, that is that parish, and took him to a smaller one. And he cried, literally shed tears, because for years he had labored. I said last time, make up your mind how you want to be promoted in life. Make up your mind. This is the instruction of the Almighty. Follow the way of grace. Follow the way of grace. What is the way of grace? Recognizing that life has seasons. And in each season, God has given you an assignment. And the Lord Jesus will return and test you on how well you did in that season. And last time I said there are two kinds of tests. Remember. Or there are two arenas in which you'll be tested. There's a personal arena where you don't answer to anybody. For example, your money. God is checking how you spend it. Your children, how are you raising them? I give the example. He said Abraham must teach his children how to do, and his household, and his children how to do righteousness and what? Justice. He's going to score him on how well he did it. You know why Eli died when he died? He did not correct his children. Eli did not sin against anybody. I hope you know that. He did not despise God. Go and read your story in the Bible where first Samuel. Eli did nothing wrong in that regard. Eli offered the right sacrifices. He was not chasing the girls that walked in the tabernacle. He wasn't doing that. He wasn't doing that. He was not taking sacrifice from people by force. So much that when he heard his sons do it, he called them and said, This thing I'm hearing about you is not good. They are not good. That if a man sins against another man, she be who will mediate. But when you now, when you decide that it is God you want to sin against, who will mediate for you? The boys did not listen. And when that man of God whose name was not given to us came, what did he say to him? He said to him that, now let me summarize it, that God is going to bring judgment against you for the sins that you knew and you did nothing about. Just as an aside, God judges you for what you tolerate. Not only for what you do. To the church, you tolerate that woman, Jezebel. And this time God gives you authority, he gave you for a reason. What was Eli supposed to do? Sack the boys. That was all. Sack them. 
There's nothing like here, you know, my children. My children. This thing you are doing is not good. Though. Nothing like that. Sack them first and explain to them why you did. But after talking to them, he left them in their ways and God held him responsible and he was punished. In fact, the judgment was directed against him and his household, not at the boys. For the things that he tolerated. It's not, look, God gives you authority. There is a reason for it. So Jesus comes back. He says, I gave you authority. How have you been handling it? He tests us in personal things. He does. Then he tests us in things that are not personal now. What I mean, things that other people may see, they can check. How well have we fulfilled the ministry he gave to us? How well have we served other people? How well have we used the gifts and talents and the meanness that he committed into our hands? How well have we used those things? He comes back and he tests them. And we have been saying... If you say indeed it is God that's going to lift you, remember, make up your mind how you want to live, where you want to live. And if you say God is going to it will be the one to lift you, then put your energy there. The sign of what you really believe is where you put your energy. That's it. It's where you put your energy. It is God that will lift me. Then put your energy into pleasing Him. That's what we have said. So it's going to come back testing. Don't ever forget that. And in due season, He will lift people up. Somebody give me an amen. amen. Yeah, in due season, he does that. We know it. So that's what we've been looking at. We believers in Christ Jesus, we live on that grace level. The level of grace is the one in which we know. I, I, I don't know if we have time, we'll get there. We'll see that God sends help. He chooses the help. David was a young man when he was anointed king. When he began to sit on his throne, he was about 30 years of age. And people helped him. Saul's kinsmen helped him. He couldn't take the throne by himself. But it was God that mobilized help for him. And I'm saying again, Christians, you understand. Listen, no matter what they say, no matter what you hear, right? Be careful. No, people use, ah, I have many things to say. Faith is real. I need to say this again. Listen, Peter was walking on water. Hmm? And he began to sink. And Jesus gave only one explanation for his sinking. What did he say it was? Doubt. Unbelief. Now, listen to me, that's the extreme. I mean, don't think about it. A man wants to cross a swimming pool, then he fell inside. What is the normal explanation? What is wrong with you? What do you think you are? You think you're a fish or a duck? You know, you have everything to say to him. Common sense dictates that people don't walk across water. Okay, let's even assume you want to cross it. What do you do? You swim. You swim. You don't just decide to start walking. What do you think you are? In all of this, Jesus had only one explanation. Why did he sink? He said, why did you doubt? That the reason why Peter sank was because he took his eyes away from a particular place and focused it on the dangers around. What am I going to say? Listen, there is no danger enough to sink you if faith is working in your life. There is no danger strong enough, that's what I'm going to say, to sink anybody that faith is working in his life. Now, I told you we're just coming from Kaduna, so... When I was going, when we we're going, um, there's a church. I ministered in two churches. So the one I was going to on Sunday, as we we're driving down, so the guy driving us was just showing us this place, showing here, showing here. So we drove through the industrial district of um, Kaduna. So we're showing all the factories that are closed down, and we're seeing textile factories, textile factories. Do you know, all of them shut down, shut down, shut. In fact, the church where I, I went to minister on Sunday. You know, the premises is also a shutdown factory, not a textile factory. Now, this is what I'm making. If you ask IMF, 
If you ask World Bank, if you ask all the analysts, ask all these financial reports weekly, all those kind of things, they will give you plenty of analysis of why those factories closed. But you ask Jesus, you know what he'll say? They were all working in what? Unbelief. He can have things like, it's the result of their iniquity. They did not obey the Lord. He will give you none of the explanations that we give. Now, what am I bringing from it? What we are supposed to learn, therefore, is for us to understand that we can turn it around. That no matter what happens around, if we walk in, in faith, and we walk in the knowledge of God, and we walk in obedience to his will, we will not sink, no matter how bad it looks. And like I said last time, God is looking for people that will just trust. They will just trust this thing that I have said. People put a lot of their energy into human systems. And let me just say something to you. I don't mean to scare anybody. Thus says the Lord, human systems will fail. Now, I don't need to be a special prophet to say that. I just need to be a reading Christian. I just need to be a believer that can read his Bible. Let's read something. I just feel like we should read this before I get back to my teaching. Let's see what Jeremiah said about it. Okay, Jeremiah chapter 17. I want us to read from verse 5 and end in verse 8. Everybody, when I say go, we read it together. I will read from verse 5. Any transition you have, read it. I will read it also. One, two, go. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is a man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. For it will be like a bush in the desert, I will not see when prosperity comes, but we live in stony waste in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitation. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water, that extends its roots by a stream. I will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green, and it will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit." I think everybody should memorize this. Every human system will fail. You know, when Christians talk sometimes, you know, you are embarrassed. Can I say another thing? You know, I said, I said there are many things to say, right? Sometimes, even pretend to be a Christian, even if you don't really believe. You say, what do I mean? I'm begging Christians. What did I say? Please pretend to be a Christian. I can't understand why Christians will be bold in being unbelievers. I prefer, and I think God does too, a believer who does not fully believe, but at least he pretends like he does. I think it's worse than a believer who's bold about being unbelieving. About being unbelieving. That is, if you have trouble, at least say things like, the Lord will help us. You're a Christian. Rather than opening your mouth and say things like, let's get practical. This is our country is finished. Let's be practical. If you get to a place like America, you get to Canada, you see the roads, the people put things in order. Now our children, when they are there, you know when you hear Christians talking like morons, it's embarrassing. So you get in there, they give your children a computer and you're looking at them. Before your child is 17, he has his own car. And you're looking at them. And you want to ask, I thought you said you were a Christian. You know, Paul, look at the Galatians and say, who bewitched you that now you are a subject of witchcraft? Look at your stupidity coming out of your ears. And you, listen to me, and you don't even know it. You know, there are times the Bible says their glory is their shame. You know what that means? 
They brag in things they should be ashamed of. I hope it's not my personal spirit that's speaking when I get to this point because I, I know I'm angry. You know, the other day, you know, today, I was looking for something on my phone and I saw a video that somebody, I don't know who, but definitely was, was, it, was that video that somebody sent a few weeks ago. And the person was, you know, like, I man, I man, yeah. Ganja is now legal here, yeah, man. So the person was filming the queue to buy Igbo in Canada. The date was legalized. I don't know what I get my point. So the guy filmed the queue, one long queue to buy wee wee. And on top of the shop, there are many shops. So he filmed like two or three. But one of the ones that I got to the door, they put on top something like cannabis shop. And I want to ask people that say, you see the good road. Hmm? You see the constant power. Why don't you even please see the other side that your boys are going to smoke Igbo and there's nothing you can do about it? Say, no, no, I will teach them at home. Then come home too and teach them how to prosper. I don't know whether you are getting my point. You know, I, I look at it as a Christians. But listen to this. This is what I want to tell you. Anywhere, this now is a prophetic word. I feel the Holy Spirit come upon me to see this, say this. Anywhere you put your trust as a child of God, apart from in me, I will collapse it while you watch. The presence of believers will cause many places to collapse. Listen, when I entered university those days, my friends were laughing at me because they came in to study four-year courses. I still remember one guy, he came in to study biochemistry. Four years. Because we were going to study medicine six years. You know what they said? Ha! Oh boy, you will be old before you leave this place. I'm trying to talk about time. And you're laughing, right? I don't know how old I am now. But guess what? I graduated from that school 27 years ago. That the man laughing at me that I would be old, that was 30. How many years ago? That was 1985. Just, just think about that. That's 33 years ago. Yeah, do I look that old yet? Trust me, I'm still strong. I'm young in spirit, soul, and body. What am I trying to say? All things that we are saying, you will soon see them. Even if it happens in 20 years, you'll still be young when it happens. Listen, believers, you can go anywhere, I keep on telling you. But never have faith in any human system. God has a duty to disappoint you. He said, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. That is the way believers are lifted. That is the way they are lifted. That's the point I'm making. Please, people of God, no human system will lift you up. Those human systems are the things that God may use. Just like I said, Joseph went into prison because of the use of Mrs. what? <laughs> Mrs. who? Potiphar. He went into captivity in the first place because of his brothers. In the same manner, when it was time to bring him out, now let's go over it again. Was Pharaoh... Now, just answer me no catch here. In this context, was the cup was the cup bearer a good man in the context here? Yeah? Yes, yes, he was. He remembered him at the time and called him and introduced him to the king. Was the king a good man in this context? Yes. He elevated a foreigner, a prisoner, into the highest office because he recognized his gift. Next question. Was it them that was lifting him up? Again, the answer is no. Just like it was not his brothers, his brothers that sent him into captivity, really. In the same manner, it was not 
Pharaoh that lifted him up. It was just the time that his words came to pass. So whoever be the fellow, whether it's a goat head or a lion head, on that throne, Joseph was going up. So whoever was there was appointed for the sake of Joseph. Joseph was not appointed for his sake. Who was more important in the history of things, Pharaoh or Joseph? The president of this country is not the most important person. He's just a servant of the Almighty. The president is not the most important person. Physically speaking, Pharaoh was. But in reality, Joseph was far more important. Pharaoh was brought up, that particular Pharaoh, because he would lift Joseph up. Now remember, the Bible says that God sent a man ahead of them. The primary reason Joseph went into Egypt was because of Israel. That was the primary reason. All other things were just added to it. What am I saying? God uses people. He can use systems. But if he ever finds the faith of his children in any system, he has a duty to collapse the system. When you are making decisions in life, believers, bear those things in mind. Though. Like I said earlier, I said I preached it last time, and I'm asking you again, make up your mind how, which level of life you want to walk by. I have made up my mind to walk by the spiritual level. I've made up my mind to walk by the grace level. I interpret every event of my life around that. That's how I interpret every event of my life. Why did you come from Lagos to Enugu? I said, the Lord's plan. It was time. For many years, he has been training me in his word, building me up to be a teacher of the word. And I says, where will, you, will we start from? I don't know how I knew, but I had this knowing in myself that once I'm done in Lagos University Teaching Hospital in the Araba, wherever I go next, be the place. The first offer I was given, come and work. My professor who took my exam sat down, did my right afterwards. He called me aside. said, come. I have an office for you. He told me who used to have the office, but the guy had left. He had gone abroad. He's offering it to me. All I need to do now is say yes. We take my stuff back and have my appointment letter ready. He told me about the prospects the plans, where the direction the thing will go, how I'll work with him, and together we'll get into research and all of that. As he was saying it in my mind, Oga. They now made a statement. He now reminded me that Tunde Joda, I know if you know Tunde Joda. Yes. Was his classmate. Tunde Joda is a doctor, you know that. Anyway, he said Tunde Joda was his classmate, and he was a fellowship bus driver. He, the man talking to me. And when he said fellowship, but now made a statement like, but people like Tunde took this thing, you know, kind of too far. And in my mind, oh God, I am taking it further, you know, <laughs> in my soul. <laughs> oh more. I never start with one begin quarrel. At least I'm not taking the job. Disagreement has begun. So I said, okay, my professor needs a research partner, not a preacher on his team. So I thanked him very well. I told him I would think about it. And I thought about it. When I saw him, I thanked him for the offer. And I said, no. Ah, he said, there's no problem. You're very young. Young people like you, you have a lot of uh, uh, options. So I, 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 no, I thanked him very well. But I made uh, events. I, didn't, I never thought about it. By the time he was talking to me, I didn't know. I knew a city like Enugu existed. I'd been there once. But it never crossed my mind that I would live there. It never crossed my mind I would come there. 
Now, I think the first person that gave me the, that suggested it, either the first or second, but the one I remember now as the first, is Professor, the, the, the chaplain, the, you know? Yes. The chapel in um, Parkland there. Just came that day. I came to my place. Ah, congrats. I got, my, I got married and all of that. How do you think about coming to Enugu? <laughs> Enugu. Say what happened. Before that, I never crossed my mind. Now, I don't know whether he said it first or my friend Chuk said it first. Because he also came around around that time and said, ah, why don't you think about that? So when two people said it, think about it. So I began to think about it. Let's make a long story short. That was how I arrived in Enugu in the year 2000. That was how I got here. Now, what am I going to say? It was not, it was divine arrangement so that this evening you will sit down here. Leave every other thing you have to do. <laughs> I don't know whether you are getting my point here. Please bear that in mind. So if he ever finds out that you have faith locked in the human system, he will collapse it for your sake. He will collapse it for your sake. If the Lord ever finds out that the heart of his people have become locked in human systems, those things will collapse. What I was saying is this. My people, make up your mind. I have chosen, do you understand my point? To walk by the knowledge of grace. And that's why I went into that story I was telling you. I found out, I made up my mind that God has a plan for my life. Now, that's the, that's the choice. That everything I interpreted from a spiritual perspective. Where am I going next? I didn't hear a voice, so, but I know it's the choice of God. Where I'm going next is his choice. Now, I joke with my wife all the time. I said, the day we met, an angel brought her and introduced her to me. Did I see the angel? No, I didn't see the angel. It's not as if I can remember that angel, you know, he was like six foot, you know, six feet tall. He had this kind of shoulder. I can't remember. I didn't see any, I didn't hear any voice. But anytime I say it, I feel I'm telling the truth. An angel brought her by the hand and said, come. I have work for you to do. So she came and said, now, I wanted to greet this man. So she asked to talk to me. And she waited patiently to talk to me. And then she said, wait, don't be in a hurry. This is going to take a long time. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> because she waited, you know, you remember some things afterwards. I just finished speaking. I coordinated a Bible study class, you know. You know I preached that morning. Yeah, so two sessions of speaking. So she now wanted to ask me some questions. So, now, I saw her from the corner of my eye. I didn't know what she was doing there. I didn't think anything of it. It only made sense later. Are you, are you getting my point? If she never spoke to me, I would have forgotten it. There are many people who hung around me like that in my life, and they've gone away, and I don't remember it happened. You know why? They were not trying to talk to me. They were waiting for somebody else. Are you getting my point? So, I'm trying not to feel spiritual. That's I'm trying to tell you that I was a normal person. Nobody told me anything. It was not like I was feeling spiritual. Nothing. But I'm convinced. And then just said, wait here. No hurry. Relax. It's going to take a very long time, 50 years at least. So just wait here. <laughs> you know, this man died this week, this last week. George Bush. And I reminded us I was married for 73 years. Yeah, I was married for 73 years to the same woman. I was married to Barbara for 73 years. Interesting story. All right, so back to my story. So I tell her, I say, an angel brought you, to, introduced you to me. And I, when I say it, this is where I'm going. I am convinced of it. I didn't see the angel. Of course, after, I was something the number of people, so by the time the last person I finished, she now walked up. Please, I want to ask you something. First one, she asked. Second, I answered. Second, no. First one, 
I said to take too long to answer. She has another one. I answered that one. I think about three questions. Then the third one, the angel on my side turned my head and said, Look now, what's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining now. Are you getting my point? That's how I read life. Oh. The angel said, What is the issue? You're answering Bible questions. I brought matter to you. You're answering, Is it Bible question? I told you to answer. So truly, I then looked, ah, and I remember what came to my mind. I said, hey, fine girl. <laughs> As the Lord leads, I do not lie. Those were the two words that dropped in my head. Ah, now, why am I telling the story? And I remember the first question, which was too long. Remember that question that I said there was, not, there was no time? So I said, why don't we just find a time to answer this one? So I said, maybe we'll find another time. It was not about, it wasn't the question. It was, I was obeying the prompting of the Spirit. <laughs> as soon as I left there, I ran to look for my friend. I said, Chooks, Chooks, I have a very good friend, Chooks. Okay, the one we recorded a birthday greeting for the other day. I said, Chooks, Chooks, come, come, come and see. Now, the woman don't disappear. So I kept on looking. Ah, she was here just now. So Chooks, come, conspirator, we're looking. You know, single boys are very terrible. <laughs> so we both agreed that in the evening, because there was a convention that should be around in the evening. So evening, we don't dress up in the walk up and that they look for ah. There was this sister that greeted me in the morning. Where she did now? So you know, just the guys walking up and down the hall as if you know, as if you are talking, anything happening, nothing happening. But we scanned the whole hall. Finally, we saw where she was seated. So I, did, I said, Chooks. <laughs> so Chooks looked, looked, and did like this. <laughs> the Lord is good. That was 1998. Yeah, May, around May 1st, remember my local convention around that period, 1998. That's 20 years ago. The Lord is good. Why am I telling this whole story? I don't even know. I never I don't even know how I got to this whole. And I have a message I've not started preaching. You know. Not in a revision I did. You're not going anywhere. Sit down. Because I must finish what I have to say. Now, you know, I went to all of that time to say something. Listen, as a matter of fact, you know, when I joked with my wife, I said, Look, an angel introduced you to me. And I'm, you know, it's like a joke, but I kind of believe it. That's not a game of chance. It was not a game of chance. It was not a game of chance. That's why I wrote the book. I wrote some of these stories in the book. Should I say yes? I choose to look at my life from that angle. Activate things on that realm by faith. So if you come to me and say a human being blocked my progress, I can't accept it. What is it made of that the Lord cannot crush? I can't. What is it made of that the Lord cannot crush? Because naturally I was born in Ondo State, came, come from Western Nigeria. Went to school in, 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 in Edo State, that's university. When I was coming to Enugu, what did people say? You know, people have not gone anywhere anyway. They will tell you all kinds of stories. Hi, it's risky. You know the way Nigeria is? I remember very well all that was in my mind was simple. But Joseph was not an Egyptian. I kept on, I said, but Joseph was not an Egyptian. The Bible says the Lord surrounds the righteous with favor, as with what? A shield. It's a protection. 
It's a protection. So I said, what is wrong with you people? I got all kinds of counsel. But what's in my mind is, Joseph was not an Egyptian, so what difference does he make? But he was favored in the land. The only problem he had was Mrs. Potiphar, remember. And it was not a tribal problem, you know that. It was that the boy was too fine. And the woman was too indisciplined. It was not like, see, you see, anytime the descendants of Abraham and Egyptians meet, there will be a clash. That was not the issue. The issue was that this boy is fine. And this woman is indisciplined. She lacked discretion. It was not a tribal clash. But beyond that, that was even God working out to what? Take him closer to his purpose. And he became a ruler in the land. And you know, we treat this our Bible as if it's folk tale. Listen, those things are real. They really happened. And that spirit is happening till today. It's whether you want to accept it or you don't want to accept it. Listen, life is always trying to wear out your faith. That's what I'm going to emphasize. Listen, make up your mind. I'm going to hold on to the level of grace. So that no matter how it looks like the storm is blowing economically, I will believe in divine systems. Are you getting my point? And I will float. If People will look at me and say, how did you survive that economy? And I'm not going to be a survivor as you just survive managing to survive. No. Triumphant. Redeem us for the land. I like one thing one of my classmates said once. He said, you guys were wise. He came to Enugu then for something. So we just sat down somewhere to eat. He was just chatting with us. He said, you guys were very wise. You guys were very wise because he had been abroad. Things went badly for him and he came back. So by the time we were already established, you know, we had made giant, giant, you know, giant progress in the profession. He was just coming back trying to see how to, you know, get his foot down and all of that. I remember the statement he made. He said, you guys were very wise. And listen to me. I have prayed to God. I believe he answered it. I will still hear that thing again and again. And again, people will come from different parts of the world and say, wow, you guys, you guys were wise. Why? Because I've made up my mind. I'm walking by the, the grace system. I'm walking by the divine system. And nobody, that, I still remember praying that prayer years ago. I said, Lord, nobody. You know, you know what David said? He said, let me not be ashamed and let not my enemies triumph over me. You know what means to triumph? It doesn't mean to have victory over me. That's not what it means. Triumphing is to rejoice over somebody. Now, victory may be part of it, but the emphasis of David wasn't, he'll be down, he'll be laughing, hey, uh, uh, time, time, time. You, know, you, know, you know what they call time? <laughs> what David said to God is, Lord, let me not be ashamed, and don't let my enemies toying over me. And I pray to God then, I remember, I said, Lord, it will never happen that people will give me certain kinds of counsel, which I rejected, not because I was lazy or I was stupid or blind, but because I said divine counsel is better, because divine order is better, I said none of them will ever have the privilege in life to say, I told you. It was a prayer I prayed to God. I used to preach, those days I used to, used, to, used to preach, that it will never happen. One day one of our brothers has been abroad for some time, he came home. I don't know what he was thinking. There are people who have not come around for a long time. Their memory of you is the way they left you 10 years ago. So you see a man, a man who left his younger brother as an example. He was maybe 15. The brother was 7. 
They now see him 20 years later. They say, oh, you have grown. How can you be silly? A boy that you left, it was seven years, and you left him 15 years ago. How old will he be today? 22. Don't tell me he has grown. We only say those things to make children feel happy. And then when we are shocked, sometimes we've forgotten the child. Anyway, this is my gist. So why people say things like that is because the memory they have of you is frozen at that seven years. Are you getting my point? So when he sees you next, he's kind of shocked. He knows you'll have grown, but the only picture is one seven-year-old boy that's running around. Then now you find a, a university graduate, as an example. But this is our brother came. He went around. He went around the country then. And he kept on making a statement, which my wife and I used to talk, talk about it. Because I came from the U.S. I've been there for, yes, not less than 15 years. It's been a while, all right? And I went around town, you know, went to different places. And he said, he kept on making, like looking like, what is going on? He said, ah, you are doing well, oh. you are doing well, oh. Ah, you are doing well. Of course, we, we people were doing well. I mean, <laughs> so my wife and I were pinching ourselves. What did you think? That the God that's blessing you there is asleep in Nigeria. It's an unconscious thing. Because he comes back home, and you, you visit people's homes. You see gigantic buildings that they own. You see their businesses. Even the ones that don't own it, when you enter where they live, Ah, I was living in a rented house, but it was not a small house. My house was a six-bedroom duplex, which my friend used to testify that, when, that the day he entered my sitting room, he said he got the feeling that he used to go when he gets to his sister's place in America, and our friend's place in America. He travels a lot. Ah, you know, guys, are you what I do? I said, ah. So you, what did you think was blessing you, America or God? If it is God, then who? the God in Nigeria is asleep. I said, bros, as God, they take care of you there. And I said, they remember us for here. As they grow for there, now so will they grow for here. I, look, people have got to listen to this. It has always been like this. People keep making steady progress. Listen, people of God, put your eyes on the grace level. And listen to this. I want to make this statement. God will never disappoint. Amen. Let me say to you again, he will never disappoint. Amen. Let me say to you one more time, he will never disappoint you. Amen. I prayed that prayer long ago. I'm convinced the Lord is still answering it. Say said, nobody will look at me and say, we warned you. And it's all those who, <laughs> who told me not to come to any good that time. They, they, they stopped talking after a, few, a short while. Because I've been blessed in this city. Are you getting my point? I came here alone. Now I'm a, I'm a multitude. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Only one of my friends, you know. He said that, ah, he heard, that I heard about you. I hear you are now a big minister in Enugu. I said, I'm not a big minister. We're just preaching the gospel. Somebody I want to, ah, that's your friend. He's a big minister in Enugu now. Sorry, I'm not a big minister. No, no, don't answer. I know you. Because <laughs> you won't know what to say now. Some people want to be nice to me. They will say yes. But I don't want that yes. I want a no answer. So am I a big minister? <laughs> I, see, I, knew, I knew there will be confusion. Some will say no. Some will say yes. The Lord is good. But the point I'm making is that people will say those things, but I say to the Lord, nobody, nobody will ever have the opportunity to say, eh, we told him. That was the prayer I prayed to the Lord, and believe me, I am convinced he's answering it. And I want to say to you again today, don't worry, the Lord will not disappoint you. Put your faith, put your energy in pleasing him. Listen, put your energy, listen, I just feel like saying, I've not gotten to my message, this talk is just in me. Listen, you were born for a purpose. Your purpose is not daily bread. 
Your purpose is me too, I must build a house. It's not, that, that is not it. Your purpose is not me too, I must build a house. Your purpose in life is not me too, I must buy a car. Your purpose in life, in life is not me too, I must travel abroad. No, those are not things in life. I hope you are getting my point. That's not your purpose in life. What is your purpose? I'm not discussing it now in details. But I want to just know it exists. If you bear it in mind, it will shape how you reason. It will shape where you go and where you don't go. It will. Listen to me. When Satan wants to bait people away from their inheritance, he has to offer them something. I hope you are getting my point. So many of the things you have been offered is to bait you away from your inheritance. Make up your mind. You may not know what it is, but I will never sell my inheritance. Just make up your mind. In life, I will never sell my inheritance. Let nobody... This is how you know you are about to miss God. Once they tell you, follow me. Don't worry. Light is good. The road is good. The place is comfortable. Just say, do you have any other thing? Like I tell you, when you bring business proposals to you, eh? if they bring a business proposal, and all they are saying, how much you will make? How much you will make? How much you will make? How you mo-? Just reject it. Did you hear what I said? It's also good that I've been marketing things on radio. Inviting you for seminar. Eh? Once you get there, all they are projecting on the screen is, uh, there was Mr. John Bull, Akabuizi, and then Mr. Roger Federer. They invested 200 naira. That was, um, when was that? Was it beginning of this year? By now, they're showing the charts, their investment for each 200 naira they put in is now 18,000. Mr. Akabuizi actually put 20,000. So 200 is 18,000. So they've, they've done it for you. You see? That you're now multiplying his own, now you know, by 100, 18,000, how many millions? You know, maybe 1.8. I hope my arithmetic is correct. I'm doing it too fast for myself. Uh, you get my point? Uh-huh. And then after they do that for five minutes, you know what you should do? I'm giving you the word of the prophet of God. Carry your bag and walk away. What did I say? They've talked for five minutes. All they have been telling you what somebody gained. Just carry your bag and walk away. You know why that guy made so much money? It's from muguns like you. And you refuse to be a mugun. I don't know where I get my point. The only way they catch muguns is to offer them more money than they can think of for doing nothing. Just for doing nothing. You will lose, you will sell your shirt at the end of the day. What am I saying? Listen, that, look, that is how I reason. I told you one of my friends told me that ah, I should invest money in something. I said, what is it? He said, his sister told him about it, that there's a graph they show him all the time. By the time he put it, his money was like maybe two million. Now it has reached like six million. What are you investing in? He's from America. You think there are no things in America? He said, he has told me. I said, I know you have told me. Thank you very much. I said, but there's a small problem. He said, what's the problem? I said, my name is Jonah. If I enter your boat, everything is going down. So I said, enjoy your money. Leave me. Only to find out that later on that all oh, they were investing in cryptocurrency. I didn't even ask what it was. As God lives, I did not ask him what they were investing in. Why did he discuss it? It's simple. The only thing he had to tell me was that he put his money somewhere and the money is climbing. And that he has a graph. So he can go online all the time and, sh- and see on the graph where his money has reached. So I told him straight, my brother, I am not interested. He said, no, this is how to increase your money. I said, bros, please. No, that's where God has, has gotten me to in life. I didn't ask him how it worked. I did not ask him what they do. I just said, no, I am not interested. Ah, he said, he has to, I said, listen, my brother. I, said, my, I told him, I said, my name is Jonah. See, this is your graph you are watching. And your money that's climbing. 
if I put, because it's in dollars, I say if I put $10 inside, I think he said he put $5,000 or $2,000. I said if I put $5, storm will come. Me, you, we will drown. Fish will have to swallow any one of us that will escape. So enjoy your money. He said, well, I have told you. Then it was much later I realized it was all this crypto rubbish. Of course, you know where cryptocurrency is going? It's going to zero. That time, you know that time it was the climbing period. It hit $20,000 for one Bitcoin. Right now, one Bitcoin is now up to $4,000. That's why they are not advertising to you again. They are all tired. Are they asking you to invest in Bitcoin? The one you invested, what happened to it? Don't put up your hand. I know you invested. Don't say anything. That's why God brought you here for me to correct you. It's not coming back. That money is gone. You've learned a lesson. But please don't do it again. I told my friends simply, listen, I am not joining. Now, why am I telling you all of these things? Understand that your purpose is not daily bread. Do you get my point? Understand what? That your purpose is not daily bread. So if somebody is attracting you with daily bread matter, he has to be of Satan. What did I say? He has to be of what? Satan. Anybody pushing you, the only thing they have is daily bread. How to get more bread? Is satanic counsel. Pains me every day when I see people walk away from destiny. Like the man I read his article, I mentioned it I think last time. He said he sees people who are, who are established back in Nigeria. That they pack everything they have and they rush over to North America. Especially now, Canada, that's the trend. He said they now join the queue at the back of a system. He said people that were established back home. He said, what are they expecting? Now, he has lived abroad for over 30 years. So he's not speaking out of ignorance. He said he sees it every day. Now, what are they expecting? Why am I saying this to you? When you want to reason, that's what I'm talking about it. Reason like someone on purpose. Ask yourself, how is this furthering my purpose? Are you getting my point? How is it? If it's daily bread, just forget it. And I, don't, I just feel like saying this. Uh, why, why am I, you know this is December now. Okay, that's why. That's part of the reason. It's a time of iniquity. Amen? You don't know what I mean. I'll explain it. This is why jobless boys will soon arrive from different parts of the world and marry responsible, hard-working Christian girls. And the only thing they have to offer the people is what? I will take you abroad. In Jesus' name, you are delivered. Amen. Say amen for somebody, even you men. Amen. I always say to women, if that guy was no better, will you marry him? If the answer is no, wherever he comes from, is still the same person. If he was in Transekulu, will you marry him? No. If he had come from Abuja, you for Graham? No. So what is the only difference? Because he came, bought jeans for $20. That's the price. And he's speaking deliberately. <laughs> to talk to you. There are you that think that once I can cross the ocean, Jesus lives there. I don't know. I just feel like saying that again. Listen to me. Any man you will not marry if you were in Nigeria, don't marry him no matter where he comes from. That the way he's traveling back home from. Don't do it. It's, a, it's an instruction from the Spirit. Don't do it. A man's country of residence hmm, does not confer eligibility on him. Are you getting my point? I didn't say don't marry a man that came from abroad. Did I say that? Did I say that? What did I say? If you would not otherwise have considered him, then where he came from is nothing. 
And there's a scripture for it. You know that scripture? A lizard in Nigeria will not become an alligator in America. Archbishop of the Osa, chapter, chapter 1, <laughs> verse 16. 